The framework of business is completely different in the new normal. To explore culture as the strategy, we have to look in places we haven't before. Looking into company culture from the C-suite to employees and from Fortune 500 to startups. It's time to understand the human side of company culture and the new shape it is taking. This is The Conversation on Culture Factor 2.0, and I'm your host, Holly Shannon. I'm really excited to share this with my Culture Factor 2.0 community. I've published Zero to Podcast. It was a book that I built to start my podcast, and I created it for myself just so that I could make other podcasts down the road. And then I realized that it's not just for me, it's for anyone looking to try podcasting for personal or professional reasons. So I'm also really excited to tell you that it already hit the top 10 in three best-selling categories on Amazon and number one in hot new releases in two categories. And even more exciting, the University of Chicago now carries it in their bookstore. So go buy your copy and get started. Zero to Podcast will be in the show note. I'll leave a link there. Or you could go to hollyshannon.com and you could buy the book and get any help you need building it for you or your company. Now on to our show. I'm really excited to have Alexandra on here. And she is called the Freelance Fairy. And she is a six-figure freelance writer on Fiverr.com. And she's best known for making over $1 million through copywriting gigs as of September 2020. She's also the host of Freelance Fairy Tales podcast, which I've listened to, and she really um, has some great information to share in there. It's really awesome. And um, she's also been recognized as a thought leader on freelancing, the gig economy, and the future of work, which is why I have her here because Culture Factor 2.0 has been going through its own uh, changes as well. And I really think that culture should be looked at from a lot of different angles. You could look at it as company culture, music culture, freelance culture, startup, founder, gig economy. There's so many ways to look at it. So I brought Alex here today because she's really um, found her way through it. And so I wanted to share. Hello, Alex. Holly, you do such a good introduction. Like you, you like kill the introduction. It's so good. I love Alex. She's the best. <laughs> you know, we met here. Um, I didn't meet her any other way. And um, I have been slowly learning from her. And I am from the school of thought of like, I love to be mentored, you know, mentor up, mentor down in terms of age. Um, and I just, I learned so much from generations um, in front of me as much as I learned from generations behind me. And I really think that people are missing out from thinking that they know it all um, because, you know, every generation learns how to do things differently. And that I think is the best way to learn. Wouldn't you say that? Oh yeah. I'm, I love learning. Like I'm, I'm almost like I would say addicted to learning and that's why you'll catch me just watching like way too many TikToks every day, the educational ones, because I can't get enough of new information and I don't care who it comes from, if it's a 12 year old or a 96 year old. Um, I actually love like older people. Like I used to um, take care of both my grandmas and stuff. Cause I love, love, love listening to stories from people who are typically a lot older than me. So um, I feel that Holly, I just, I love learning. 
You know, what I also find really interesting, you know, so like this past year, I have been going to YouTube University and Google University. You've been going to TikTok University. Um, And I joke around that I got my DIY MBA this year in podcasting, um, book writing, (laughs) publishing, um, and a myriad of other softwares that I've learned how to use. And I, I just love it. I have you, what else have you learned this year, Alex? Yeah. I mean, I think you just, you bring up something I talk about a lot, which is, you know, traditional education is being replaced by all of the readily available information we have online today, which I think is amazing because the gatekeeping that kind of went on with tuition to college and everything, you know, wasn't cool. And it different socioeconomic tiers and everything. So I think it's like so awesome today that this information is just sitting there and it's just, you know, ripe for the taking. But um, all right, let's see. What if I what have I become a master in from using the internet in the last year? Um, I've taken quite a few YouTube courses. I cannot say I'm a YouTube master, but I am uh, teaching myself how to become one. What else have I done? Um, a lot of cooking. A lot of cooking videos I've used off of TikTok to make my own veggie patties. I did that the other day. <laughs> um, I mean, everything from the books that I read, that I buy because people recommend them to different workouts. You know, I, I, my whole life is from internet videos. I think that's great, actually. And um, I know that you are building out a portion of your house that you can do more video recording. So I love that you're going all in on it. Um, and because we were trying to find a way to come together and and have a, a drink together, I now f- have just figured out how we're going to do that because I'm good at cooking. I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of chef. Like I just open up the fridge and I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm on like that iron chef chopped whatever show. And I'm like, okay, I got three ingredients. What am I going to make? So I'm going to come down and we're going to cook together. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I am not, I would not call myself a cook of any kind. So I'll probably end up just watching you do it. I'll just drink wine and play music. Excellent. Excellent. All right. We're going to have to go back to music selections and we'll talk about that next, but, um, because I like people to get like a full view of who I'm interviewing. But before we do that, I want to go back to some of, uh, the meat and potatoes of like what this year has looked like for you. And I know you've gotten a ton of notoriety. You were on CNBC. Um, I watched, uh, the video by the way, and it was, fire was so good. I was so impressed with the quality. I was so impressed with you and how you carried yourself. And I was so impressed with like the expanse of everything that was talked about. Like it wasn't fluff. It was like a really good piece. Um, so I encourage people to look that up and listen to it. It's 10 minutes of changing your thought process around freelancing. And um, so as we talk about freelancing and the gig economy, um, I want to point out that Alex has been doing this for six years. This was not that overnight success crap that everybody talks about. And, and that's where all the jealousy and the haters come from because social media makes it seem like it happened overnight. 
But Alex has been working her ass off for six years. So she was doing it before it was a necessity because of COVID or before it became romantic where everybody calls it nomadic business or remote work, you know, from a nomadic standpoint. So I want to go back, actually, I want to go back. What was it like? What were you, and I know you did this a little bit with the CNBC piece, but I think people need to understand like what, what was entrepreneurship like for you in the beginning? Why did you fall into it? And why did you leave the nine to five? Yeah. Um, and thank you, Holly, for that. Cause I, a lot of people come at me today and they say, Oh, you make this seem so easy. And I'm like, uh, where have I made this seem easy? Cause it definitely has not been, but um, I always say to people, I use my same line, you know, I accidentally arrived at entrepreneurialism. I did not go to school for it. I did not see myself as someone who was destined to be a business owner or a freelancer or a digital nomad or any of the things that I now am today. I just kind of, you know, arrived at it because I knew one thing for certain, and that was that I did not thrive in an office setting or with different levels of management that have you, you know, hop on those calls you don't need to be on, all that stuff made me like angry almost. And and that is one thing that I knew is that I can't do this. So I didn't really know what else I was gonna do, but I knew one thing and that was I could not spend another day in a corporate office. So that was when I was 22. And um, I quit it, I left it, and then thank God, because the rest of my life started. So, you ended up being home and jumping into Fiverr. What made you choose that platform? Um, I have my mom to blame for that one because when I was working my first job when I was 21, I was probably texting her and complaining that I was bored because I'm one of those people where, you know, all my coworkers are like, no, it's amazing. We only have two hours of work a day. Isn't that great? And I'm like, no. That's terrible to me. I hate having downtime. I'm like, this. I need stuff to do here. So I think I was texting my mom and I was like, oh, I'm bored. I'm not challenged. You know, what are you doing or whatever? And she's like, hey, you know, I heard about this freelancing site. Apparently it's called Fiverr and you make $5 for doing anything. You should check it out. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'm bored. You know, let's figure that out. So I went on there and I opened an editing service, uh, flat rate, $5 for anything, like from 100 words to 1,000 words. And I didn't care, you know, quote unquote, what my value was. I was just happy to be on it, making a little petty cash, you know, here and there. That probably should have been the first indicator that um, entrepreneurialism was coming for me. But I was 21. I wasn't, you know, that in tune, I guess, with my subconscious. And um, I had been using Fiverr haphazardly for a year before I quit the job and then almost ended up in a situation where I had to use it because I, it was very practical thought, you know, what else in my life is making me money? Well, this Fiverr site is, even if it's $40 a month. You know, I should probably ask you one question that I didn't ask you before. What did you study in school? I went to school for political science uh, and I didn't even really know what it was. I just knew I loved history and English in high school. So that's what I chose. Okay, I was just curious because I, I know you do a ton of writing, blog writing, ghost writing, content writing. So I was just curious where your background was. I don't know why I never asked you that. Um, well, you probably got more education just like being in the trenches than, than anything you probably took from school. I studied international business, so here I am. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I, I did some international relations classes, so we probably had a little bit of an overlap. For sure. So 
Let me uh, talk about the media attention for a second, because you and I have been interacting a little bit on Instagram, and I've been watching some of your posts, um, and you've had a lot of interaction with followers, um, some negative, like the haters, um, and some very positive, um, especially, w- hopefully, uh, women, because I'm a big advocate of women supporting women, but that does not always happen. Um, I'm curious, this, all that's happening on social media, is it detracting and slowing down your work in any way, or is it firing you up and like having you push the gas pedal? Uh, That's a great question. And I would say it's both. Um, It's a lot of different feelings at once. (laughs) I um, took some time off of social media this weekend to just kind of meet with my PR people who have kind of just joined my team just by wanting to help me. So I didn't really set out to have PR people, but I'm kind of grateful I have them right now. And we've all been kind of brainstorming what to do with it because I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have seen that one medium article that obsessed guy wrote about me. It's like 10 pages long. He did a 40 minute YouTube video. It's like honestly disturbing to me, but you know, we've been trying to figure out what do we do, right? Like, do we use this um, negativity to propel the brand forward even more? Do we be really transparent about it or do we just ignore it altogether and pretend it's not happening and just keep on keeping on. And that's um, kind of was the PR question that we all had all weekend. And I think we've all come to the conclusion that we're going to acknowledge that it's happening and be transparent about it and post a lot of the hate that I get publicly so that other people can see it. Because I think especially being a woman, I think it's um, important that I you know, talk about it because, uh, yeah, I mean, 99% of the hate I get is from men. And it's... Um, sometimes scary, sometimes aggressive, sometimes violent, the things people are sending to me. And I've kind of decided I'm going to, you know, show some of that because I want other women to not feel, I feel like in my head, I it would make it less scary for them if they see like, oh, Alex is having it happen to her too, if that makes sense. It does. And it's hugely, hugely courageous of you to do that because it could fire up more. Um, so I'm really impressed that you're you're going to do that and um, shine a light on it and and not let it be the elephant in the room that nobody talks about. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I mean, thank you. It's like I definitely Friday realized I had a choice to make, you know. And I kind of, I'm a human, and um, the hate was just culminating so intensely Friday. It was making me, you know, have shallow breathing and stuff because I just people will say to me like, "Oh, don't listen to the haters," and I'm like, I guys, trust me, I really don't listen to haters. Like, look, you know, see, you see what I'm doing every day, but I am a human being. So that also bothers me when people will expect me to just be fine all the time. I don't think that's fair either. You know, I just, I do notice people have a lot of expectations of how obviously a woman should behave in many scenarios. That's all the messages I get. Oh, you should be acting this way. Oh, you should be acting this way. And I'm like, I can't help but wonder, do my male friends, you know, who are entrepreneurs have people tell them how they should be feeling and behaving? Probably not. And um, it was just a lot, you know, Friday, I kind of felt like I was going to have a little bit of a mini breakdown. So um, 
I, you know, just got off of social media for two days. It actually did wonders. And I can't speak to that enough to people. If you're ever feeling overwhelmed with anything, sometimes just getting off of social media for two days is literally all you need to do. Because then you realize, okay, you know, it is all just on social media. But I knew I had that decision to make Friday. And then by last night, me and my team, I was like, screw it, you know, screw it. I'm a sassy, fiery human being. I'm not someone who just sits back quietly. I just needed my two days to recharge. Well, I think, like you said, you could be both. You can be that fiery person and you can be strong and it's okay to step back and recharge in whatever manner you need to, whether it's yoga, walking, cuddling with your cat, binge watching something, having a glass of wine with your mom, like, I think it's all good. I think we have to have that kind of balance when we can. Um, so, you know, one of the other things I want to point out, and I and I, I don't want it to be overlooked because I think it's something that is a real testament to your business savvy, and I want to make sure that I bring this to light. So when I was watching that video, um, there was attention paid to the fact that where, how you structure your personal insurance, like, you know, how much you pay per year to dental insurance, you know, what types of insurance you have, um, taxes, like how you manage that. And that doesn't just mean that you have an accountant, but like you chose Florida, interestingly, because there's no personal income taxes. Um, and how you looked at food in terms of New York City costs for going out and the, the, how much it costs to live there and buy food normally versus maybe being in Florida. You compare transportation in terms of taking an Uber versus having your own ride. Um, and then you talked about buying property, not just in into it, you know, with you and your mom and, and, but possibly doing something else like being almost a landlord and Airbnb it. So you are like a natural entrepreneur because you're diversifying your assets, but I'm not sure people saw all of that. What was some of the thought processes that went into thinking about that whole picture for you? Because now you didn't have a nine to five that handed you, you know, here's your insurance plan. Here's your 401k. Here's, here you go. Yeah. I mean, it's been all a learn as you go type of situation because people will message me all the time and they'll say, Oh, I want to freelance, but I'm worried about my taxes. I'm worried about my insurance. You know, that's always their first concerns. And I guess my mind is the opposite where it's like, no, I'm going to dive into all this work that I want to do. And I'm just going to figure it out as I go. That's definitely how my brain works. So, I mean, you know, I always don't really understand the health insurance concern that people have because I've always found it very easy to navigate. I buy my own health insurance. It used to be in the New York State marketplace. Now it's in the Florida marketplace. And you just log in, you make an account and you, you know, you pick a plan that works for you and it's always proportionate to your income. So I've always been confused why that um, upsets people so much. But I mean, I've just taught myself everything. So yeah, I always end up um, paying for dental out of pocket because I get a better, you know, the health insurance uh, monthly cost is lower if it doesn't cover dental. And then, yeah, I mean, in the last two years, you know, I've saved enough money where I can start diversifying it and, and engaging in other things. So, you know, I've just been, I guess, blame TikTok. I follow a bunch of real estate people 
who share how they've set up everything with their investments. So I was like, all right, I'll try that and I'll try this. So for me, it's always just every day. It's just to try it, test it as you go. I'm a very do it yourself person. And I'm also a very one thing at a time, because I think if everyone was trying to mimic everything that I've done in one day, um, their head would explode. Yeah, exactly. And I think using TikTok has been sort of an interesting thing for you. Cause like I said, I used YouTube. Um, so what would you recommend using TikTok for? Like, what have you found to be, um, the biggest, like a bucket of learning, like certain areas would you recommend? Yeah. I mean, so I basically follow all of the other people on TikTok who are like me. So quote unquote, anybody who's out there, uh, it being a disruptor or innovating a space and making a lot of money doing it at, at something that people would have said, oh, that doesn't make a lot of money. So I always give a shout out to Adrian Brambilia. I follow him. Um, he's managed to figure out how to make six figures per month from affiliate marketing, which is crazy. And I follow my friend Sandy Lynn. She does all the small business tips. So it's like I've, you know, I found TikTok has been really great for me with networking. I've I've been able to come into contact with other people who are like me and I, you know, I'll talk to them and it'll make me feel better. because I'm like, I have other people in the one, I follow an investment person. I follow an NFT person, an affiliate marketing person, a home flipping person, a van life person, RV life person. Uh, I pretty much follow everyone that's in the space that I have interest in. And there's just so much free content on there right now. It blows my mind. Yeah. It, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Well, when you're ready for home flipping, I've, I've done a couple. <laughs> oh man. I know I'm like in the middle of it right now. I'm just, just getting a taste of it. And, um, cause I bought a 65 year old home and oh boy. I, I understand that my, my first home was built in 1920. Um, and so we did a lot of renovations to that and then we had a house fire. Um, so I actually had to redo it yet oh again. God. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, and then we built a house from scratch, like ground up type of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I will be here for you if you have any questions on that for sure. <laughs> Not TikTok. Yeah, I, I can see it's, it is a full-time job. Oh my goodness. It is. I had to GC a couple of properties and it's definitely a full-time job. Um, you know, I, I was kind of lucky because I was um, home with my son and I had a, a jewelry design business uh, during that time. So I was able to um, put the torches away and, and my tools and everything and just focus on that. So it, I've always been an entrepreneur, I guess. Um, but it's not about me. I really want to talk about you. So um you have a podcast as well, which I mentioned at the top of this, uh, called the freelance fairy tales. So do you want to share what you're doing with that? Yeah, I, um, no one judged my podcast cause I don't really know what I'm doing with it. I basically just sit down with a mic and just ramble for 25 minutes and then I call it an episode. <laughs> um, my first season, I'm planning to just be me talking about different freelancing topics each episode. I probably have 30, honestly, that people want me to make. And then the next season, I'll start to bring people on and have it become more of a show. But yeah, I mean, you know, I honestly have started it because so many people asked me to. I didn't really sit down and go, oh, I want to have a podcast. Everyone keeps saying, Alex, please, you know, do an episode where you tell us how to write faster. Do an episode where you go over how to set up 
a freelance business on Fiverr, off of Fiverr. We want tips about Fiverr. And I think it's more so there's just such a need in the market of freelancing and the market of Fiverr for someone to come and give this educational information that I am, because I guess no one really else has. So I've kind of stumbled upon a niche that really hasn't been done yet. And I think that's um, what has made me so quickly I guess the word is controversial, even though I really don't know what is so controversial about a girl sitting at home writing every day is. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, then let me ask you this question. What would an average day look like for Alex? Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I'm definitely a workaholic and it's probably something I will at some point have to address because I don't really have room for anything else in my life. But I'm not going to lie. You know, I put 12, 14 hours into everything, not just Fiverr, but building my brand, creating, you know, an empire that I want to have kind of put into place that can run with or without me. So, I mean, an average day for me is pretty scary. I would say I wake up at about 6 a.m. Do you want me to go through the hour by hour? Yeah, actually, I think people would gain a lot from that because like, I feel like sometimes I'm all over the place and we learn from each other, right? So go for it. Sure. All right. I know. I always laugh because I'm like, oh, this stuff isn't that interesting to me. But then I realize I love to hear when other people talk about their day. Um, Yeah, I wake up between like 6, 6.30 a.m. You know, I'm guilty of immediately grabbing my phone and checking all of my social media, my emails, because I'm honestly in damage control right now. I want to see, you know, what meltdown happened online the night before, just so I'm aware of it. I know other people are like, no, don't grab the phone till eight, but like I'm working on it. So yeah, I mean, I'll check all my emails and everything. And then I will usually do my first little bout of exercise or stretching. I'm very into, um, trying to keep my body healthy with all the sitting that I do. So I'll pretty, I'll go on like a 30 minute walk, do a little yoga when I get back. And then by 745, like my laptop is open and I am not moving from it probably until 1 p.m. Between emails, writing, client stuff, you know, crazy. It'll just five hours will evaporate. And then at one is when I might start stacking um, podcasts or interviews or all that stuff. And I'll kind of just mix that in with the writing still by 4 p.m. I'll try and, you know, give another hour to fitness from like four to five five i'll usually switch gears over into social media marketing so i'll I'll be recording content making videos editing videos posting answering people on social media and that'll go on until about eight and then you know i'll try and make myself power down by 8 30 and kind of turn my phone over and then i read so not too exciting so do you read real books Yes, I do. I do not want to look at a screen after 8 p.m. And I'm not really into movies or anything. So I will try and flip my phone over and be present with whoever I'm with at the time. Recently, it's been my sister or my mom. And I'll be present with them, you know, and talk with them and everything and look them in the face and not have a phone up. And then, yeah, like 10 p.m., I like to grab a physical book because I'm just so over screens by then. So I have a lot of books. What are you reading now? I am reading the four hour work week, which yes, embarrassingly, I have never read and I'm reading it cracking up because the whole book describes how I approach everything like to a T. So I'm like, I've never read this book, but Tim, I get you. It's so funny that you say that because I've been listening to that one, that one I have on Audible through Amazon and I've been walking around listening to it. And I think I have to buy the physical book because the narration is so horrible (laughs) so horrible that I am having a hard time like listening. I I ended up 
cutting it off like halfway um, because I, I just, but yes, to what you said, it is really good what he's pointing out and, and it does sound like he's, you're doing what he had done as well, but I can't even listen to this book anymore. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's actually a hard read. Um, I, how he writes is not easy to follow. No, I'm not hating on Tim because he's obviously a genius of some kind, but um, I feel like I don't, I wouldn't get along with him as a person and I don't like how he writes. So it's, I'm like, I'm torn on it, you know, but it's such good information. And he was such a vision, like he was able to predict the future perfectly. So I respect the crap out of him and I, you know, can't get enough of it, but I do find it to be a very, um, it, the words don't flow in my opinion. Yeah. And if you heard this narrator, you would cry because it, it is so horrible to listen to him. But, um, I'm curious, do you shut all of your notifications off on your phone too? I have all of them turned off of my social media actually at all times, except for Clubhouse right now. But I feel like I'm heading in a direction where I'm going to have to do that too because I'm getting too many. But I don't have Instagram, Facebook, um, Fiverr. None of I don't. I do not have those notifications turned on. So I've done that on purpose for my you know mental health basically throughout the day and just to remain focused on my work too. Yeah, I have to admit, any notifications just throw me off my game. It, it turns turns the tide for me. I, I go from looking at what I'm working on to a complete shift someplace else. And I think when you um, derail your thinking and your creative process, it's really hard to get back in that groove. A hundred percent. And like, I just don't think there's a need to, none of it is pressing, right? Like right now, while we're doing this, if someone sent me an Instagram DM 10 minutes ago, that's like, Hey, I want you to write a book for me. Like I don't need to know that right now while I'm talking to you. Like I can just check that in two hours. You know, I'm not a surgeon. No one's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. Um, you said that you do yoga. I like to learn a little bit about everybody. So is, is it your own practice or do you, uh, are you on YouTube? Um, okay. So when I say yoga, I say it very lightly. It would, probably be more so called stretch therapy. And I'm very, very lucky because my sister is a NASM certified personal trainer and she has a background in stretch therapy and all that good stuff. So I'm very spoiled when it comes to that because it's based, all my stuff is basically like hand, you know, curated by my sister. So, um, I'm, I'm a spoiled brat with that stuff. Okay. Then I can't give you the tip, but for anybody who's listening, I love, um, Amazon Audible has a, it's called Rise and Shine. It's 25 free um, yoga instructional um, audio pieces. And they're anywhere from like eight minutes to 30 minutes in all different levels. And I have found that it actually deepens my practice to not have a screen to look at. I can just be in my form and be in my own zone and I play it and it's just voice. I, I mean, I already know the poses. So um, it's really cool. And for somebody who doesn't know the yoga poses, they they say them in like the English translation and not the Sanskrit translation. So um, I highly recommend that. I mean, I might go use that because I, I love um, trying out all different types of fitness stuff. Like I, I think fitness, exercise, moving, stretching is... Um, just so important, obviously, for your health, but also I think for performing as an entrepreneur, I definitely feel it 
uh, clear my mind up, helps me with clarity, focus. I feel like uh, I've read studies, even makes you more creative. If you build in, you know, working out and stretching each day, um, I definitely feel like it in a weird way makes me a better writer. No, it's not weird. I think there's a lot of truth to it. Um, there's a book I read called Time Off um, by John Fitch and Max Frenzel. And they talk a lot about taking that time off to, um, it's called a rest ethic. Um, but, you know, taking that walk or, you know, just walking around and, and taking in the world a little bit or doing your exercise routine, journaling, anything you do that steps away from your work actually feeds your creative process because there's things that you pick up on all throughout the day. And when you separate yourself from your screens and from the work you're doing, these things actually incubate in you. And so you go for a walk. This is why people have epiphanies when they go on a hike somewhere and they come back from a five mile run or, you know, walking or doing yoga every day. That's when people have those epiphanies and they want to go grab the pad of paper and write. It's because your, your brain is actually incubating on all of the things you always think about. And it's where you have that moment of clarity and uh, your your productivity increases and you come up with more ideas. Uh, don't you, wouldn't you say that? Oh, 100%. I'm actually like really, really into walking right now. I obviously love hiking, but there's not much challenging hiking in Florida. Uh, there's some nice nature trails, though. But um, I'm on a 10K step thing right now where I'll do 5K steps twice a day. And obviously, not only is it good for you to do that, but I feel it's almost necessary right now for that exact reason that you just said. And also to just give my brain a break because you can't you can't go 12 hours in a row without a break. That's not how our brains work. You know, we work best with tiny breaks actually throughout the day. So, yeah, I mean, exactly what you just said. And um, I just feel like walking just calms me, too. I have incorporated so much more walking. I moved from Connecticut, which is not dissimilar from upstate New York where you were. Um, so I did a lot of like hiking and, and, you know, different sports and everything there. And I moved to DC and all I've been doing is walking around the city, like extensive walking. And I feel more fit now than I did before. And it really does clear my head too. So I, I'm a big advocate of that. And I recommend it to people. It's, it's a low impact, but I think, um, I think it's important to have different levels of exercise. And, uh, I kind of learned this from, um, a podcast I did in October with Brian Smith from Leon health science. He's like a master at this and he trained, um, athletes in track and field for the Rio Olympics and we did a piece on um, treating employees like Olympic athletes and um, what you could learn from that. And he had talked about um, working out. And a lot of people are of the school of thought that they want to hit the gas pedal all the time. Like, oh, I lift weights. So every day I, you know, I lift weights or I run a half marathon or um, I do some sort of combination of, you know, a hit workout and, and then I do running at night or something. And a lot of people push, push, push. And it was very interesting. He talked about the stress response that we have, um, you know, the parasympathetic and sympathetic. And I cannot share this as eloquently as he did. So if you want to catch episode 25 on culture factor, take a look at it, but, or take a listen to it. But what he was saying is that 
like athletes, there's some days where they, their body is ready for that level of stress and you want to push them to lift those weights or run that extra mile. But there's some days where you need to dial back on the stress and maybe it is just walking and it's a full stretching routine and maybe it's meditation and breathing because the body, if you overstress it, it crashes. And I don't think that we all realize that because we're not trained like Olympic athletes, right? Like we go to our desk every day and we work, work, work. And we think that the best workout routine is to sweat like the devil and, you know, beat ourselves up, you know, on the basketball court or lift weights or whatever. And we don't always respond positively to it. It actually can start to deplete our energy reserves. So I'm a big advocate of dialing back as as much as dialing up. Yeah. And I, I feel like people always say it's just listening to what your body needs each day. And there's some days where your body's like, all right, yeah, you know, exactly. Let's do the 30 minute hit workout and sweat a ton. And then there's other days when I can feel my body's like, please no, like, can we just go on a two hour stroll instead? And I'm like, okay, body, whatever you want. <laughs> I love that. So as we come to a close on this, um, one question we, well, one thing we light lightly touched on at the beginning was at the end of the day, you know, maybe have that little glass of wine and listen to some music. So, um, I will share with you that, um, last night I had uh, a little glass of wine and my music was, uh, a combination of cautious clay and Miguel. What do you listen to at the end of the night? Oh, I love that. Um, I am a very classic hipster when it comes to my music taste. So you will catch me listening to any indie, uh, electronic, alternative rock. Um, yeah, that's, that's what you'll catch me listening to. So right now, I'm listening to Lana Del Rey's uh, newest album, Chemtrails Over the Country Club. But um, I mean, you'll catch me. Well, let's see. What else did I listen to yesterday? Lord Huron. That's one of my favorite bands. Uh, everyone knows my favorite, favorite musical artist of all time is Florence and the Machine. I do not hide that on my social media. If anyone has heard of her, she's amazing. Florence Machines is amazing, amazing. And I love Lana Del Rey's uh, new music. I've actually been binge listening to that as well. I actually have been listening to it in the morning because it's got like a certain vibe to it um, starting the day. Um, so I, it sounds like we have some similarities in our music. So I love that. Um, so on that note, how does everybody reach you? Uh, I have a lot of ways <laughs> to reach me. Um, it depends what everyone's looking for. So I always say to people, if you want more help with freelancing guidance and, you know, basically free content to help you freelance, definitely follow my TikTok, which is Alex Fasulo Biz with the Z. Uh, if you want to follow my day-to-day -day life and watch me um, troll my haters, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, which is Alexandra Fasulo. And the only other thing I tell people is super resourceful right now is my closed Facebook group, which is free. Um, it's really taken on a life of its own. And it's amazing watching everyone help each other in there. It's uh, a lot of people in that group have definitely like started successful businesses inside of it. So um, that Facebook group is called uh, Freelancing Mentorship with Alexandra Fasulo. And all three of those things are free for the people, for people who are like, oh, she sells a course. I'm like, yeah, but I also have hours of free content as well. 
That's okay. You're allowed to sell as well. Like we are, yes, you are, you are an entrepreneur and you have to make money. You are allowed to make money. You don't have to give everything away for free. Um, so I, I love that you do that. And I think there's a nice balance when we can support people on their journey with advice. I do it all the time here in, um, clubhouse. And, and then I do charge for my services. So, you know, we all have to make a living. So this room is culture factor. If you feel so inclined to follow this, I would really love it. I'm going to be doing recorded live interviews with a lot of um, rock stars coming up. I'm, I have a, a bank of five founders through Backstage Capital from an interview I did with Arlen Hamilton coming up soon. Um, I have a um, Somebody I also met here from uh, Hello Audio coming in in a, in a couple of, actually next week. So give me a follow on here. I would love that if you wanted to join me. And if not, then I'm sorry that this might be our only time together. So thank you, Alex. It was really, really great to have you on here. And um, I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Holly. You're the best. Um, for everyone listening, Holly is amazing. Go follow her on everything. Uh, she's just a beautiful soul and I'm happy I know her. Oh, I love that. All right. Well, come follow me then. And uh, this will be republished on Culture Factor 2.0, which is my podcast. So if you know an Android user that never made it to the clubhouse room because they don't have iOS, feel free to um, ask them to subscribe maybe and and take a listen because Alex has some great info to share. So thank you, everybody. Hope you have a great day. Thanks, Holly. Thank you.